0: Well, do you know what? I love it here. I, I really do. I, I've been, um, this is I think my third time, two, I've done two Sundays, I think it is, and I came for a midweek um, meeting as well. Um, was it a mid-week, a midweek feast? There we go. So, uh, um, but I love it. I love it here. It's um, it's awesome. Maybe I should move up here, bring the family up here. <laughs> careful now, careful. No, honestly, it's a real, real privilege to, to be with you this morning and uh, it's something that i i don't take lightly i honestly i count it a real privilege that i get to not only lead you in worship but to speak to you guys this morning and uh um hopefully you'll capture a little bit of my heart this morning um you know there's the part of me that loves to lead worship loves to sing but I, I love having the opportunity to, to speak and share as well. And actually, it's the bit I get most nervous about as well. I, I've, I've, I've been really privileged to lead worship in big arenas and things like that, and you kind of get used to that. But there's a responsibility, I feel, when it comes to speaking the Word of God and, and, and sharing and encouraging you this morning. So um, I really pray that God will use me this morning to just uh, to minister to you guys. And I want to encourage you just to open your hearts up Really allowed God to speak as I share this morning, as I I kind of share just a few things that have been on my heart. And and, uh, we'll take it from there this morning. Is that good? Amazing. Well, um, this year I turned the uh, ripe old age of 40. I finally made it to the big 4-0. And do you know what? I have definitely noticed some changes uh, since I've been getting that little bit more mature. I use the word mature rather than old. but um, I've definitely noticed the grey hair is definitely like increasing now. Uh, not just on the, like, the sides, it started here, which I was comfortable with, um, but then it started to appear bits and pieces in the top. I'm thankful I used hair gel because I think that masks a lot of it. Uh, but it's in my beard now as well. It's like, that's why I'm going to stick this here so you can't see. Uh, the, 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 I know, this is, this is, this is going to be me, hopefully a bit more hair on my head though, Malcolm. Um, <laughs> But I'm hoping, yeah, it will be a little bit grayer. But um, I've been noticing that aching joints on my word. Who can uh, sympathize with me with that? Getting up in the morning, I used to think it was the mattress, but no, it's just my body. It's just my body. Uh, we changed the mattress and it still happens now. Even bits of technology I'm struggling with now. I always thought I was pretty tech savvy and I was pretty good with it, uh, but there's even little bits and pieces now, which I've got uh, I've got four children. I should have brought a picture of them. They were hoping to come this morning, uh, but a church in on the World, we got a special uh, kids awards kind of ceremony as part of their kids thing this morning. So uh, I'll bring the family up at another, uh, another point, but I'm married to Becky and I've got I've got four amazing kids, um, Ollie who's my eldest, I've got twin girls, Izzy and Evie, and then our little youngest is Tilly, um, but, um, but I often go to my son Ollie now, and I'm like, mate, h- how'd you do this? And, um, and I, the worst one is, just a f- honestly, a few weeks ago I was listening to a podcast, um, just in the podcast app on my phone, and I was like, why are they talking so quickly? I was just like, this is just, like, everything was going at a really quick speed. And I was just like, how I, I can't keep up with this. And I had no clue. And it was only when I looked at it, I realized it was at 1.5 speed. And I, I was just like, this is amazing. This is going so quickly. Um, so yeah, that's uh, technology. Struggling with that a little bit. But the worst one that I've uh, had to deal with, and this, I went to get my hair cut. Uh, this was th- towards the end of May. And it was the first time I've sat there in the chair. And uh, the lady cut my hair at the end of it just went. Would you like me to do your eyebrows? I was like, oh no, no, no. We've definitely reached the stage where you're offering to trim my eyebrow hair. This is not good. And I I, I I love to wear socks and I remember, everyone loves wearing socks, I'm sure. But I used to, and I never used to like pulling them up, but that now there's nothing greater than like pulling your socks up and keep, keeping your legs warm. All these little things I'm noticing as I'm getting older that I appreciate just a little bit. I even wear a vest sometimes, a vest during the winters, you know what I mean? Just keep myself that a little bit warmer. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I love it. But there's other things that I've noticed differently as well is that, you know, when I was younger I felt like I could conquer the world. Like the, the world was my oyster. I could achieve anything. And do you know what? I actually believe that's a really good thing too, a really good attribute to have as a young person, that you're you're not phased by things. You just you wanna just go for it. But I, I've noticed a little as I grow older a little bit now, it's that actually that's hard. I find that's a harder thing to to concept and there's definitely limitations to things that I can take on. My capacity definitely feels like it's changed and like I used to do anything and everything at church and I get to the point now where I'm just like, I just got to manage one thing. thing." So this morning's a real challenge for me to to be leading worship and to be speaking this morning. And I think I see the value of things very, very differently now and uh, um, you know, as someone younger in my 20s and early 30s, like ministry was so, so important to me and having a young family, I never neglected my family, but I was always driven for, I loved opportunities, but more and more I'm just realizing the importance of, you know, spending time with my family and that has to be a priority and I want to encourage you if you're in ministry or don't neglect your family, your family is so, so important and uh, my, my value on that has, has definitely changed. Um, and, you know, particularly I would say my family for this next season is a real priority for me. And uh, I've spent a bit of time reflecting back over um, my 40 years of life. It, I don't know where getting to to. It definitely feels like a big one getting to 40, uh, more so than 30 or anything like that. And I guess I've been reflecting on uh, on my life and looking back at a lot of things. And I've been involved in worship for for. Many, many years, and I think I've worked it out, uh, and my parents will probably correct me. It's so good to have my mum and dad here with me this morning. It's uh, uh, They live in Bristol, but they're, they're up with us uh, for a few days, and it's great to have you with us this morning. But i realised that I've been probably serving in a worship team for about 28 years now. Um, I, I first started off, I think I was about 12, uh, something like my mum's nodding, so I'm, I'm, I've got that date right, I've got, got that age right. But I started and uh, my first uh, job was playing second keyboard in, in the team and uh, I had my, my beautiful Casio keyboard, uh, which didn't even have a proper output. We had to plug it into the headphone thing, which meant I could hear nothing uh, as soon as we did that. I uh, had my favorite sounds, which is strings too, um, and I love the electric piano vibe as well. That was pretty cool. And that's where I started off with um, beginning to lead worship and uh, and I think now, I, I, I don't know whether I've written it down on here, I, I haven't, but it's literally, because I've probably served nearly every other Sunday as well uh, for the whole course of those 28 years, and it's, it's up near the thousands in terms of how many times I've been involved in ministry on a Sunday morning, and you're kind of like, wow, that's a lot, that's a lot, surely I deserve a bit of time off by now. <laughs> So that's where I started. I started on a second keyboard and uh, I gradually moved my way up onto the clavinova, the, the, the big piano. I got to play that one, uh, which was amazing. And then from that, I got opportunity to kind of begin to sing and lead worship. I first started properly leading worship at a youth um, event. It was kind of like a youth church that met uh, in, our, in our local area. It's like a churches Together thing on a Tuesday night. It was called Holy Disorder. I mean, <laughs> the name probably sums it up, to be honest, looking back now. But that's when I, I really got my first kind of like uh, opportunity to really lead worship. And um, I, I progressed. I started leading worship from playing the piano and singing. But I found that incredibly hard to do. And even now, it's something I, I find really difficult to do. Um, so that's when I, I started learning guitar. And I've never looked back since. And um, I, I love it. And then, uh, as I say, I started taking a lead then at my home church. Um, which definitely had its mixed reviews Uh, when I first started. I remember uh, a a, a certain person, I'll never forget it, he just um, was complaining about the dreary songs that I was choosing. Wow. That's what I had to put up with. And then... um, I started up a few Christian worship bands as well, um, and and we um, they were very dodgy as well. I'm not kidding you. But the first song I ever wrote was called uh, "Give," and it was all about giving your life to God. And uh, but. I don't know how I got away with singing this song in in church, but the the first line of that song was "You've just shaved off all your hair because you didn't like yourself," and we used to sing that in a worship context. But it was all about like it doesn't matter. Yes, yeah, there we go. It doesn't matter what you you look like. It doesn't matter, like you can still give your life to God. Um, and um, yeah, it was dodgy songs, really, really dodgy songs. In them. And uh, I got through that. I got opportunities to, to lead uh, worship at different uh, events around the southwest of England where I grew up. Uh, also recorded a couple of EPs, uh, which was good. And, um, but the, the big thing for me was I never really got taught about worship. It was always something that I kind of did. Or I went to see other things where they did it. So a big part of for me was growing up with bands like Delirious. I don't know whether, give me a wave if you know of Delirious. Uh, a few waves of the hands in there. But I also grew up going to an event called Soul Survivor, uh, which was amazing. Mike Pilavachi uh, down at Soul Survivor Watford headed up that conference in, uh, in Shepton Mallet. Again, in the West Country. And uh, that, that was my go-to for kind of like learning about worship. Because what I was seeing was something model to me. But through that, I was never really given some teaching on worship and actually understanding what is worship all about. And uh, so this morning, what I want to do, I want to just unpack a little bit on that this morning. And uh, something in particular, which is the whole thing about worship being a weapon. And uh, do you know what? I've got a real sense in, in this church that you love to worship. Um, there's, I, I can really feel as I've been leading this morning. There's a real hunger. There's a real desire for it, and um, and I want to encourage you to never lose that, never lose that hunger. Because the trouble is with us Christians, is we can become very, very complacent. We can get very, very comfortable in this thing called worship that we do week in, week out. And um, you know, I think we we when we come to church, uh, we. We know what it's all about. We know that we probably get to sing for about 30 minutes. We know it's when we sing songs to God, it's songs about God. It's about what God can do in us, how we should live our lives for God. And sometimes we can sing these songs, but we don't really fully realize what we're singing about because we just sing them. It's very easy just to get into that that automatic mode of, I know the song and I'm just going to sing the words. But I believe there's a danger in that. And even some songs, I, I, I imagine it probably sound a little bit weird as well. And uh, uh, I remember uh, leading the song The Lion and the Lamb on a day which we, we had a baptism at church. And I love that song so much. But I had a moment where I was, we had probably about 75 to 80 guests that morning, uh, which was pretty awesome for a baptismal service. But I had this moment while we were singing it, and I was thinking, most of these people who don't go to church. They're probably sat there thinking, what on earth? are you singing about a god is the lion the lion of judah you know and th- th- he's the lamb and you know we understand that but we sing these songs and you know they're probably thinking what on earth are you rambling on? I've come here to see someone get baptized not sing about a lion and a lamb do you know what i mean it, it's but we we sing these songs but do we fully really understand what we're singing i think sometimes We can simply do the thing of worship, and uh, we sometimes miss, and we just don't grasp how powerful it can be. See, my prayer this morning is that God will help me to help rekindle in some of us that fire or a light for the first time for what worship really is, and how it can be used not only to bring glory to his name, but also be used as a weapon of spiritual warfare. As I was prepping for this, I, I looked through a, a few books of mine. I, I've got loads of books on worship, and, um, and I'm just going to read a few little quotes on worship for you. But then I'm hoping that we can take it a little bit further this morning. R.T. Kendall, um, his book Worshiping God, says this, I believe that every Christian has a fundamental calling and one primary duty, a duty which is also a delight. We are called by the way we live and in all we do to worship God. Tim Hughes, in his book, Passion for Your Name, says this, Worship is our highest calling. There is nothing more in this life that we can do of more importance. Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life says this, The heart of worship is surrender. It is the natural response to God's love and mercy. We give ourselves to him not out of fear or duty, but in love because he first loved us. Andy Park uh, wrote this book uh, called To Know You More. And he says, it's the most visible part of my worship is my songs. But the songs, I love this, are simply a byproduct of a life-giving relationship with God. I love that. See, it it underpins what worship is all about and the importance of it. It's so much more than singing these songs, but it's every aspect of our lives. Every aspect, or at least it should be. There's a real challenge just in that, and I could probably speak to you guys for about three hours just on that, but I'm not going to this morning because I'm sure you've all got things to do today. And I think it is a real challenge, though, and I know it's something I fall short on every single time, (laughs) day after day, and that's why I'm so thankful for the grace of God that new are his mercies every day and that he loves me despite my failings. Maybe someone needs to hear that this morning—that He loves you no matter what. So one of the things that I've learned over the years is that that is the essence of what worship is all about. It's it's fundamentally uh, what it's all about. But worship is so much more than that too, as well. It's all there in Scripture. um, But for me, as a young worshiper and worship leader, no one ever unpacked that for me. So this morning. As I kind of unpack it, I really pray that God would do something in you guys this morning. I really, really pray that the worship life of not just this church, but you guys individually, something will change this morning, that something will light, that you'll realize there's so much more to this thing called worship than even perhaps what you realize already. And what I want to talk to you, as I've said already, is this whole thing of worship being a weapon. Um, Just to tee up this morning, I think this is... I've been through a real battle. And it's so interesting when God gives you a word to speak, he he often puts you through it as well. And uh, I I think so often when we're sat in a congregation, we can look up at the platform and see people who are leading and speaking and think, well, that's all right, very well for you. But, you know, this is the reality in my life. I want to say from the off this morning that what I'm talking on this morning, I'm having to live out myself. It's a challenge for me day in, day out at the moment. And even yesterday, we had a real battle with one of my children, and um, to to say this morning I had to use worship as, as a weapon, that's a reality for me this morning. So I want to unpack three passages of Scripture this morning, which hopefully will help us understand how we can use worship as a weapon. Is that cool? Okay, I'm just going to have a quick swig of water, because my mouth is very, very dry. Oh, thank you. Oh, so, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to come here again. That never happens at church. I never. The first passage of scripture. Now, uh, if you if you're taking notes, and um, please feel free to do so. Apparently, if you take notes, you definitely get to heaven uh, a lot. Of uh, I almost said a lot quicker, but that's actually not <laughs> you don't get to heaven quicker if you take notes. Okay? I'll stop there. Um, the first passage of Scripture I want to talk about is in Joshua 6. And I, I'm not going to read the whole passage of this. But this is the story um, of where they're, they're parading around the walls of Jericho. Okay? So Jericho, I'm going to just kind of break it down. So Jericho is in lockdown for fear of the Israelites. No one gets in and no one gets out. Then God gives Joshua very specific instructions. The Israelite warriors must march around Jericho for six days with seven priests carrying trumpets made from ram's horns. On the seventh day, the warriors should march seven times around the city, blowing on the trumpets. When they make a long blast, then all of the people should shout and the walls of the city will fall so Israel can charge forward. Joshua gives these orders to the Israelites, making explicit instructions to make no sound for six days. In case you're wondering, we totally fail, I think, at that. Um, If we could walk around for six days without saying anything, I'd love that for my children. Please, Lord Jesus, right now, I'll speak that over my children. Just six days for no sound, please. The Israelites do as God commands and march around Jericho for six days. At Joshua's command, the Israelites let their voices ring and the walls of Jericho come tumbling down. Now, I've read that passage of Scripture a lot, and I'm sure many of you know the story. But there was something that jumped out at me straight away, and, and it was this whole thing that actually God promised their breakthrough before they'd even got to that point. Their breakthrough was ready and waiting for them before they'd even started. And God, God had promised that to them. Their breakthrough was on the other side of that wall. God says in Joshua verse 2, he says, See, I've delivered Jericho into your hands. So, straight away, there's God's promise. But they can't see it. There's this big wall in front of them. So I want to ask you this morning, what walls have you got in front of you? What... Why, why, what is it that's in your way that is preventing you from seeing the other side? Maybe you're hanging on to a promise that God has given you, but you just can't see it. There's a big wall in your way. I know for me that's something that has been a reality time and time again in my life. Maybe for, for you it's a financial situation. Maybe it's a relationship issue or w- wall of hurt that's in front of you. Maybe it's forgiveness that stands in front of you. Maybe it's a lack of confidence that is right in front of you. I know in my life there have been some massive challenges and obstacles ahead of me. And you know what, we just, I think the, the human side of us, we just want them to go away. But sometimes we have to go through this process. And there was a process that the Israelites had to go through before they got their breakthrough. And uh, what I love in this is that before they could see their breakthrough, there was a process of which they just had to keep trusting God. Walking around that wall for six days, I'm sure after a few days they're probably thinking, really? Is this really going to happen, God? How many times do we feel like that? We just feel this wall is in our way, and is it, is it ever going to move? Is it ever going to move? But on the seventh day, they did something really, really important. And they did this. They let out a shout. And um, I don't know whether you know, but there's kind of of a a few different words, uh, Hebrew words for the word praise. And one of them is shabak. And shabak means to shout, to address in a loud tone, to command, to triumph. Uh, I love this idea that in, in that moment, when on that seventh day, they let out an almighty shabak of praise to God. They let out. See, praise doesn't have to just be singing. I think in our heads, we, we think that's, that's what praise is, but praise is so much more. Praise and worship is so much more. So they let out a shabak of praise, and the walls came tumbling down. And there, for the first time, the promise that God gave them was right in front of them. So I want to encourage you this morning That sometimes we have to go through these processes, that we have to go through these journeys where we're just like, God, where are you in this? This, These seemingly impossible situations where you're like, God, uh, you you feel like just turning back sometimes and giving up. I want to encourage you this morning to keep going, keep trusting in the promise, but don't be afraid to let out a shout of praise. Don't be afraid to praise God when it seemingly seems an impossible situation. Keep praising God throughout the storm and don't be afraid to let out a shout of praise. I want to share a really, really quick story of a a moment where um, me and my wife had to kind of really praise God in a, a situation where, do you know what, we possibly could have died. And that sounds a little bit heavy, but it was the reality of the situation. Uh, Just after we got married, we went to um, New Zealand and we traveled for six months. It was the best honeymoon I could have ever asked to uh, go on. And uh, we definitely got to know each other very, very well in that time. Uh, And it was amazing. But we decided to go one day uh, kayaking in the Milford Sound, which is, I don't know whether anyone's familiar with New Zealand, Uh, but Milford Sound is a big stretch of water uh, and it's where the boats, big boats come up and down and things like that. And uh, the guy who gave us a quick briefing of the, the canoeing, it was, uh, it was a two-person 2, two person canoe, a uh, kayak, and uh, he said, look, you should be absolutely fine, but um, if you begin to see white crests on the top of the, the waves and things like that, you you need to get back to shore. You need to, to make sure that you, you're not out on the open waters when that happens. And, you know, it was a beautiful day, and we were like, hey, this is, this is fine. We're not going to get into trouble with any of that. And uh, we, we got up to this. We were... Um, we went up the, the, the Milford Sound, we got to a little beach, we had some lunch, and then we decided to head off again. And I'm not kidding you, at that moment, the skies just went black. <laughs> the wind began to, began to pick up. And um, as we looked out, as we began to set out, well, the waves were getting quite choppy. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, these little white things began to appear on the tops of the waves. And we're thinking, oh dear, oh dear. And he, I remember what he said to us, he was like, keep to the edges keep to the edges. That's the best thing you can do. Well, we we tried that, but all we were doing was being plowed into the like the rocks. So we were like, well, this, this isn't going to work. We're going to just end up on these rocks and probably die here. So we we're like, well, what do we do? And um, one of the things that he told us to do was not go straight across. But in that moment, we felt that was our only option. And um, these waves, waves were pretty big. I'm not going to lie to you. They were pretty big. And uh, we looked across, and we could see a beach straight across from us. And uh, there were some homes and stuff like that. And we thought, right, we can get across there. And we can, uh, we can phone someone, and we can get sorted. But we had to get through this storm, first of all. And uh, we, we set out. And I'm not kidding you. I've never been so scared in all my life. And, uh, and we were rowing away. And all I could think of doing in that moment was just singing praises to God. And I, I, I sang out at the top of my voice how great is our god sing with, sing with me Becky. sing with me how great is our god and i'm not kidding you and as god is my witness it felt like as we began to praise him that god had tied a rope to the end of our canoe and was literally pulling us because we didn't drift downstream at all we literally went straight across it, it's not possible we should have been carried way down the, the sound. But I totally believe in that moment that God delivered us through because we kept praising him in the storm. Despite what was going on around us, we kept praising him through the storm. And I use that story this morning because maybe you're going through a storm this morning and all you need to do is keep praising God allow him to pull you through. Keep trusting him despite what you can see around him. Let him pull you through and deliver you to the promise that's on, his, uh, on the other side. Let out your Shabbat of praise. That's the first one break down the walls the second one i want to just briefly talk about is the whole thing of breaking the chains and how worship can be used to break the chains Acts 16 verses 25 to 26 the story of paul and silas i'm sure we're all familiar with that story on verse 25 it says this about midnight paul and silas were praying and singing hymns to god and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Up. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Paul and Silas were in a pretty helpless situation, a pretty hopeless situation where they were bound in chains. I want to ask you this morning what are the chains that are in your lives? Maybe you've got a chain of addiction in your life. And, you know, it's in our heads straight away, whenever we hear the word d- addiction, we think, um, you know, drugs or alcohol, but addiction can be anything. Anything that's got a hold on your life. Maybe a chain in your life is lying. Maybe it's gossiping. Maybe it's an overwhelming sense of just... You've got uncontrollable emotions, and that just feels like a strain, a chain that's holding you back. Maybe it's just your state of mind. Well, what I love about the scripture is that Paul and Silas, they didn't just pray, but they praised as well. See, I, I think our natural response to when things are going against us or things seem tough is that we pray, and do you know what? That's a great thing. And I'm not standing here this morning telling you not to pray. Keep praying. Keep pressing in with those prayers. But there's something else that you can do. Something else which can help break those chains that are perhaps restricting your life. Because they began to praise. So imagine the power that's in that. That we're praying. But we're, that's one weapon that we've got. But then we're coupling that with our weapon of praise. And that's why um, I love songs like, There is Power in the Name of Jesus. To break every chain, to break every chain, break every chain. Like we can sing those words, but hello? Do we believe what we're singing? There is power. In the name of Jesus, there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. That's what we're singing. Do we believe it? I want to encourage you this morning to take hold of these words, words that we sing probably time and time again and begin to sing them in your situations. Begin to see, uh, sing them over the reality that you're living in. And I, even in that song, Lion and the Lamb, I'll reference it again. It says, his blood breaks the chains. When we're singing words and declaring things like that over our lives, over our situations, I totally believe that God can break in and that we can use praise as a weapon to see the strongholds come down time and time again. We, we, we in our church, in, on the Wirral and Life Church, we, we often talk about um, our praise and our worship being the precursor for our breakthrough. It's something that we totally believe because there's something about stepping over your situation and praising God no matter what is going on around you. And I think God really honors that. He can see your heart. He can see a broken heart. But yet, you're still choosing to praise Him. And I love that. I love that about God, that He sees that in us and will take us through to the other side. You know, I said this this morning that, you know, it, this, this, this season for me has been a real challenge. And uh, week after week, I've had to adopt this myself and go, do you know what? Perhaps this morning I don't feel like it. Because do you know what? Sometimes the worship team on Sundays, just like you guys, Sometimes don't feel like it. But we know there's a responsibility. We know as a worship team that we we can't just give up. And if we're going to set that example to the rest of the church, that even we have to press through, even when we don't feel like it, even when our circumstances dictate that, you know what, the best thing we could do is probably give up. But you know what? For me, I press in with my worship. I sing those songs like I really mean it even perhaps in my head I'm struggling to, s- to see the reality of that, I know I have to keep pressing through because I totally believe the walls can come down and he can break those chains. I totally believe that. Is this, is this helping you this morning? Okay, the third thing. And this is possibly one of my favorite portions of Scripture um, in the whole of the Bible. And it's, it's talking about how we can go into battle using worship, and it's 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I'm not going to read the whole thing. No, I am going to read it because I think it's important. Starting at verse 15, he said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to do. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Hear that this morning. Tomorrow's march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jerul. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground. And all of the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshipped before the Lord. Then some Levites from the uh, Kohathites and Kor- Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, "Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in His prophets, and you will be successful." After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. As they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they began to praise and sing, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah. And they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked towards a vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. What battles are we facing? Maybe there's sickness in your life. Maybe it's healing for a family friend, family member or friend. Or maybe it's some of the things that we've already mentioned. Maybe it's a battle in the mind. Maybe it's a battle with self-confidence. Maybe it's a battle with peer pressure. The constant need of feeling you have to be something or someone that you're not. What I love about this portion of scripture is that worship was the key to the victory in the battle. No other weapon needed to be lifted. We can try and deal with the things in our own way, but don't underestimate the power of our praise. That our worship to God can be the very weapon that we need. It says here again Je- Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped in, uh, before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kothahites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord God, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. And this is the bit I love. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army. So that's basically getting your worship team. Calling them together with everyone with the swords and the spears and the shields and everything. And going, go on then with your little trumpet. Go on, off you go. You're going to go in front of us. But the reality of that story was that was all they need. As they began to say, give thanks to God. that His love endures forever. That was the only weapon that they needed. As they began to praise, they discovered... That was the only weapon required because all the enemies around them begin to turn on each other and ultimately were defeated. So the battles that you're facing in your life, come at it with a sword, the sword of praise this morning. Don't underestimate the power that is in that. Interestingly, the valley where this battle took place is the, bat- uh, the Valley of Berakah which has got, got some di- distinctive meanings, but one of them is the praise. So the very place where the battle took place, the very place where praise was their weapon, was called a place of praise. So don't underestimate the, w- the things that you're going through. They, they're just an opportunity, a place where you can praise. No matter what, you can still praise. So the challenge I want to give you today is this and with this I'm going to close what do we do when we face the battle what do we do when we're in the middle of a storm do we run away do we give up do we pray do we continue to worship despite what our circumstances say do we even worship when we can't see the other side my challenge you to you this morning it's to keep on praising, no matter what the battle is, no matter what the storm is, no matter what the wall is in front of you, no matter what those chains are which are binding you, I want to encourage you to praise. When we come together as a family at ch- a church on a Sunday, you know, don't as- underestimate even what your praising can do for somebody else. We talk to the, our worship team a lot about y- you guys, and it's the examples in that story, you are the guys who go first. Set that example, but don't underestimate how you can impact someone else's worship as well, in a positive and a negative. And I want to encourage you as a church, your hunger for worship is something I love. But come at it this morning, or every Sunday that you come, Like, we're not just here to give glory to him, which is so important this is an opportunity. This is your berakah, a place where you can do battle, a place where you can begin to praise and see that breakthrough happen. Amen. Uh, Can I pray for you guys? Can we stand? Uh, And perhaps, um, I I don't know whether we could sing one song to finish. I know time is pretty much gone, but um, I'd love to sing that song, Raise a Hallelujah, one more time. Because when I heard that song for the first time, the story behind that, if you've never heard the story behind it, I want to encourage you to go and watch it because this was a family who were in an impossible situation and all they could do was raise a hallelujah. But there's something, when I heard this song for the first time, I was like, if there's ever a song which I can use as my worship as as a weapon, this is it. Despite what's going on around me, I want to pray. And if something of what I've said this morning has spoken to you, why don't you just lift your hands to heaven this morning? Father God, first of all, I just want to say we love you this morning. Father, we thank you this morning for Jesus. We thank you for the Son who sets us free. And Father, I pray for every single person here this morning, for those with their hands raised and even those with hands not raised this morning. Father, I pray that the things that I've said will not just be words from Simon, but Father, that they will be the very heart of the Father. That Father, they will help us to to see the situations around us and not feel defeated, but see them as an opportunity to press in, to battle, to give our praise, to give our worship. Because Father, we know that your promises are yes and amen. We know that our breakthrough is on the other side. And Father, I pray that as we worship you, you will help us to hold on to that. And Father, for those who are going through really tough situations right now, Father, I pray that this will be something that they will put into reality very, very quickly. Father, that they will continue to pray, but Father, that they will take that other weapon this morning and begin to praise you. And that, Father, that, Father, we will see testimony of the testimony of your goodness and your breakthrough, Lord Jesus, because of the faithfulness of your people. Father, just move with us, move in us as well, I pray. And as we sing this final song, Lord God, Father, I pray that we will raise a hallelujah, that we will lift up our shabaka praise to you right now. And that, Father, that we will believe for breakthrough. In Jesus' name.